Welcome to episode number 118 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media, and once again presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. It has been a while since we have checked in with one of our co-hosts, Trevor May of the New York Mets, who has got some sort of interesting contraption on his right arm, I noticed. What are we wearing? They call it, um, it's called in the medical field, a bone stimulator. Um, oh, yes. Last time we talked about that. I have no idea what it does. Um, like a magnets, but I actually had to turn it off because all microphones pick up this like little <laughs> clicking sound and nothing else. Like I can't hear it at all to the naked ear at all. So like I was recording a YouTube video the other day. I was like, what is that sound? And I was wearing it. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know it made any sound at all. I just thought it was sitting there. So yeah, bone stim. So this is amazing because uh, I don't know if you heard me, but Tyler Glass now started wearing the bone stimulator last year before he got his his surgery. So he explained yeah. it. He, I think he kind of dug it. But you know, Glass now is a little on the, you know, he's out there a little bit. Yeah, how he's always down to, to try that stuff. Thing? That's for sure. Yeah, how, how much do you have to wear that thing? Uh, three hours a day. Can you feel it working? No, there's like no, there's no muscle. Nothing muscular or nerve is affected by it. So. Okay. Supposed to make your bones heal faster or be harder or some combination of those two. I don't know. Healthier. Um, that and calcium and all the I'm taking. Sounds like we're stuff. going down a dangerous alley right now with yeah. this thing, this description. I mean, I'm going to keep wearing it even when I'm done rehabbing and stuff, just in case. I don't yeah, know. You should, uh, you should wear it around the city. Like if you, if you and Kate take walks into the city. I literally people, wear it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. People will wonder if you should actually be out of your, you know, where you live. Yeah. Like, aren't you only supposed to be on house arrest with a thing like that around your uh, triceps? Yeah, they make you put it on your arm. <laughs> it's the <laughs> it's most a new invasive place ever to put it. Yeah. What was the closest you ever got to uh, getting in trouble with the law? Ooh, closest I've ever gotten. Um, I, I was at a party in high school. Mm. A big one. Really big. Got out of way out of hand. That was actually kind of my fault. I, it was a freshman that was kind of my but little buddy and he's like yeah i'll have a party I'm like cool and then a hundred people were there at one point cops <laughs> got called like our school so i was like this is not gonna this is not gonna stay a secret and then it didn't and uh but yeah we uh most of us got off with warnings and because it wasn't that we hadn't progressed that far but um yeah the entire basketball team was there and uh we went to practice that was a Saturday on Monday. We got there and our coach goes, yeah, every single parent's going to know at the game tomorrow. So you should probably tell them tonight. And then I did. And I got grounded for the first time in my life. But oh, it makes, it's funny. My dad was like, my mom was like, my dad was like, okay, you're grounded for, you know, until Friday. I was like, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I just do homework and go to practice. <laughs> So, and uh, mom's like, no, two weekends. And I was like, no, but uh, it's funny. Cause that next, that next Sunday they were like, ah, right, you're good. <laughs> I could go to my buddy's house. So it only ended up being one weekend, but yeah, it's the closest I ever got. I was, I was a good kid. I was a good so you guy. haven't seen the back of a cop car. I've never seen the back of a cop car. And fortunately I have three older uh, siblings and two of them have been in the drunk tank overnight. So really? Yeah. But that was it. That's the only thing they've ever had either. So I've been, really fortunate my my immediate family has been pretty uh pretty law-abiding did your uh did your parents let him sit there and oh, yeah. uh and well, went, oh sister, really yes. they had to wear it yeah she she they le left her there to the morning till 8 a.m oh 
I'm not so yeah, sure. I um, and then that after that, that, after that, uh, my the uh, younger sister, um, she got picked up right away because hers was a little bit less of a. Hers was a weird circumstance where she just was wrong, in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like she mm-hmm. wasn't drinking. They just everybody she was with, like half of them were. So they just took everybody kind of thing. So she was like, I'm not didn't do anything. But the other sister definitely was the ringleader. So yeah, I've never uh never been in the back of a cop car. Uh worst thing I had was um pulled over for speeding. That's it. I got pulled over one time right in front of my house. I ran a red light. I was just I just wanted to get home. And I stop and the police officer comes up and I said, <laughs> I think I was 20 years old. I said, you're not going to believe this. He's like a oh, license and registration. I said, this is actually my house. And my mom would always peer out the window if she heard police officers. So I'm thinking to myself, please, please don't look out the window right now and know that your son has just got pulled over in front of the house. Let me go with a warning. I pulled, I literally pulled five feet into my driveway. Idiot. I got great news, though. Uh, if you just moved to New York City, it's almost impossible to get a traffic ticket. So unless you're parked somewhere stupid, but <laughs> they ain't got time to stop you. There's there's someone some accident that happened within three blocks of you in the last five minutes. For sure. Yeah. So uh, they got something else to do. Um, I'm curious. Did, did you even stay for the uh, we're taping this on a on a Monday? So the Mets had the walk off on Sunday night baseball. Did you were you even there or were you home or what? I was not at the uh, I was not la- there last night because my oldest older cat was uh, we're, we're monitoring her right now, but she just had a UTI basic. She's, she's old, so she gets these things, but she was she looked pretty bad a couple days ago. So it's one of those things like uh, they're like it's. And I can't throw yet either. Uh, I think that when I start throwing and I'm like throwing pens and I'm supposed to start throwing, I have a bone scan tomorrow. So if it's good, we're going to start ramping up and getting to the throwing progression. When that starts happening, I think I'm going to start traveling with the team and uh, being there in normal time. Like I get there a little, I get like two hours earlier than I normally would right now. Mm -hmm. And then I'll get there at the normal time and then just play it as if I'm going to go in the game that night uh, for the next month, month and a half. Okay. So this is, this is progress. Yeah. 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 It's been, there's been no, I'm going to be honest, there's been no even remote feeling of anything since I I got shut down. Um, But that's kind of how it works with bones. I mean, when you don't flex them at all, they heal fast, but you're not going to feel anything until you start throwing. So that's the next milestone. But I'm I'm confident that I've done everything. They've I've taken the medication and and uh, uh, worn the bones to done everything I'm supposed to do. And and so um, and I and uh, historically, I've never broken a bone either. And I, I, I heal really quickly, like faster than some other people do. Um, so I'm hoping that that all kind of equals green light. What, what is the technical term of what you have? Uh, stress reaction in the humerus. Um, I had one in my low back in 2016. Pars, it's called a pars defect, but it's where uh, you have those little they're called facets, the little hooks on the side of your vertebrae that like lock into each other so they don't overextend when you're leaning one way or the other. And the bottom, they're the biggest. And when you get, if you get, stuck in a position that's not neutral or like flexed getting the flexion and then you stay there because your muscles are so tight which i was my back was i started throwing harder i got moved to the pen that's kind of what happened and my mechanics kind of adjusted and my facet got literally locked into place where it was just like basically holding my vertebrae next to the next one and it just got tighter and tighter to where basically the bone just kind of pushes until you can get a reaction on the in the where it's connected and then eventually it might you get a crack or a split so i got to a crack three like three times before we figured out what it was we thought it was muscular the whole time so this is actually what predicated me going hey 
I know that the MRI was like, there, you have a strain in your tricep bicep and there's some bone inflammation. I'm like, let's get a bone scan. I've seen this movie. So we did. And then there was a huge shadow on the outside. I was like, it's bone crazy. <laughs> so um, I knew already. Um, and I was like the fourth stress reaction in our organization so far. So, wow. Which is um, crazy. It, well, it was stressful for me watching you that night. I had, I had the game on. I think it was May 2nd. I won against the Braves, I want to say. And after you gave up the knock down the left field line, you were almost in tears yeah. on the mound, it looked like. Yeah. Is that how you oh, yeah. felt? Yeah. Um, because it was a combination of hyper. I'm so frustrated. But what I yell right here, it hurt so bad. Like it hurt every like didn't it wasn't like excruciating the point where like I don't know if I can throw anymore. It was like frustrating. Like why won't my arm just feel good? Like I look up and I see Velos a little down, but not wait. Like you want to you basically look for like indicators. You're waiting for someone to say, "Hey man, you're hurt." To tell you like, "Hey, stop going back there." Um, and I struggle with that a little bit. I like need someone tell me it's okay. Like it's okay to you know it's something I've always struggled with. So. When it came to that, it's just you go out there and you like hope you can get through it and get ahead of it to one, one day you'll feel better. And you just kind of got through the crap. That's what pitching is. That's what relief pitching is. People, I got a lot of like, if you're hurt, you're not doing anyone to service. If you go out there, you're like, it, this isn't, you don't understand. Like we're, we're somewhere between 70 to 90% every day. So you're just like, it's hard to tell if you're 70%, which is just, you don't feel very good, but you're going to be okay. And 65% where you're hurt. That's the difference. And sometimes the results have to tell you that you're hurt. Like my stuff isn't good. Like velo and stuff might be there still, but like nothing's moving the way it's supposed to move. And it hurts every time you throw. And now you're getting like, you're taking the foot off the gas when you throw off speed pitches, which are important. And so you're not competing anymore. Then that's the point where you're, you're now hurt, even though it hurts the same amount, like your mindset changes and you go from, I'm in, I'm, I can get through this too. I'm injured, even though it feels the same, if that makes sense. No, so. it, it does. And I felt for you because I did check out not that social media is the end all be all, but it is the way that you can kind of gauge a little bit of the temperature of the fan base. Yeah. And 90% of it was vitriol. And why are you hurting the team? Like, I get it. You want to be out there, but you have to tell somebody that you're hurt. And you just explained that to us. I believe Trevor Plouffe and I discussed it on baseball today. And he said, listen, this is what we do as big league athletes. Like mm -hmm. we go out not only for ourselves, we go out for the other 25 guys that are in that clubhouse. Exactly. And if we don't do that, that's the easiest way to lose respect. Yeah. That's respect is the currency we trade in, in the, in the, in a clubhouse. Um, I remember Trevor specifically doing that, trying to play with a broken rib. after he got hit. He didn't know he had a broken rib, but like, he was like, ah, oh, you know, I'll just keep getting treatment. And like for a week, a week later, they got him, got him a, a boat. I think it was a bone scanner or an x-ray. And they're like, yeah, your ribs broken. <laughs> You've been trying to play for three. And he's like, of course, no wonder I can't breathe. Like, but he, his first inclination was I'm going to see what's wrong. When I got Tommy John surgery, I actually blew out my UCL two and a half innings. I threw two and a half innings after I blew it out because I, in my mind, this is my mindset. What my mindset was, I said, Hey, you either, it's either like something minor and you like pulled your tricep and like, it's a short DL stint and you might still, cause I was competing for a fist spot. Or if you come out of the game right now, you will not make the team. You'll be shut down. You won't make the team. You'll be sitting here in Florida. And uh, so you can either see and go through it and see, see what's wrong. Or, or you blew out and it doesn't matter. And I blew out. But that was like, I made that decision. It wasn't even about how my arm felt. It was just about like, 
I was thinking about long term, would I be able to continue being in the big leagues? And that's how we make like that's how everyone makes decisions. Like guys with little nagging stuff that have terrible year, bad years. Uh, uh, here, there's an example. Uh, I felt bad for for CJ Crone in 2019. He had a thumb like ligament thing that just wasn't. He couldn't just like take three months off, which is what he couldn't take three months off. He was a one year deal. He's like, I got to find a way to to be productive, and so I have a job next year. And he just wore it and his hands hurt so he's still at 26 homers because thank god it happened in 2019 when everyone hit 30 uh <laughs> and he's got you know big pop but like he was not he was never happy he was just like i'm miserable every time i swing a bat he had this big glove on and this like padding and this like he's got like styrofoam and his he's gripping like this wide and his other hands like this and he's like ah! and, and hoping he doesn't get blown up inside which is where everyone throws him and you could just see him just like jason cast was calling him thumbs by the end of the year and and he just it made him mad because he knew that like he could be better and he just has to deal with it that stuff people don't know about that stuff because you're still playing but sometimes guys are just like something hurts all year just enough to be annoying but not enough to keep you off the field that's almost worse than just like it going and you know it i i would prefer to them being like hey you're hurt and i'll be like okay cool now i can focus on getting back to 100 it's uh it's tough. Actually, um, I had a hard time watching the the press conference right after the game. You know, you've always been very accountable. You've always been a guy that stood in front of your locker. You haven't ran and hid. Uh, here's 30 seconds from the day that that you couldn't compete. Yeah, I'm not feeling 100% healthy. I'm trying to work through some stuff. Not really battling through it. It's it's hard to compete when, you, when you're just worried about whether or not something's going to hurt to throw or not. So by the end of tonight, I was just hoping that the ball was hit at somebody. That's no way to throw in a major league game. You're, I don't deserve it, but my teammates definitely don't deserve that. You got to keep a, your team in the game and got away from us there. And It's uh, as frustrating as anything in, in my life uh, right now. So, When you watch that, what, uh, what hits you? Just, uh, you know, I'm a guy who... I feel like I I I feel emotion a lot stronger than some other people. Um, I just I get keyed up and I I can't calm down, which has helped me a lot as a reliever. But uh, at the same time, like accurately describing what you're what's happening without like complaining is hard or seeming like you're complaining, even though I know that most rational people do. But it's just something we think about um, and. I just, for us, I just, I've had a long, everyone has, but I've had a unique experience or unique relationship with frustration in my life and how I rep, like show it. And so um, it's something I've had to really work on. And, uh, but I just, I was just tired of it. I was just so tired of, um, you know, I, I know that I'm better than that. I, I just, I want to play and I want to play at the highest level I can play at. And my goal every year is to stay healthy. And at that point I had known that like, I'm not healthy and I'm going to have to go take some time away. So like my big goal for the year and every year was gone. I had four and a half years with no red ink on my permanent record. And I was really proud of that because I had two years of all red ink year before that. So um, I just, I pride myself on staying on the field. So it can't start. It started there. And then just like the way the outing went, the way every outing had gone up to that point, I've been working on my fastballs moving not very well. My slider was movements down. The only pitch that was really good was my splitter. 
<laughs> so, which is brand new. Uh, and so I was just like, I only have one pitch. Like it, it, all these things were cycling through, like, am I just, am I, and then every, the, the, the thoughts that go through everyone's mind, and this is big, this is how my brain spirals. Everyone thinks about when they get in their thirties and they played, been around for a while now. And that you start seeing where every time you're mentioned on MLB network, they say veteran in front of your name. Uh, like that's, you start to think like, when is, when is the fall, you know? And, and, and it's terrifying every time that you stumble because you don't know if that's when the fall is going to happen. Um, and it takes, a, it takes more and more and more and more like mental fortitude to continue pushing forward when you're physically not what you were when you were 26. Mm-hmm. All of those things were on in my mind at that moment. Do you think, and I don't know if we can answer this question. Do you think if there's a, not a lockout, you don't get hurt. Um, you know that, like you said, that's that's a hard question to ask uh, answer. But uh, the nature of my injury and the nature of stress reactions in general are um, the muscles connected to those bones aren't strong enough to handle the workload it's getting at the moment. So if you don't have enough time to get ready, um, that could be a byproduct um, that would explain why there's been a kind of a lot of them in major league baseball this year um, because three weeks is, I, I mean, ask anyone, even at the time, it was kind of like a guy, everyone going, mm, it might be okay. Like it, it's definitely not enough, but, uh, and, and you combine the fact with like, even if you were going into a plan three and a half weeks, spring training, right. At least at home, you could just be like max for three weeks before you go. And we didn't know. And I'm frankly, based on the information we were getting, we got kind of blindsided with the lockout ending. So like I was kind of like starting to hunker down in the bunker, knowing that we were, if we pass that milestone is going to be a bit like it was going to be a bit. Um, right. And, and for just, pe- by the way, I want to, I don't want to interrupt you, but I think I need to, for people that don't understand if you had known a date you were going to start, you could have backtimed it. Yeah, for when you, you back were time it. start so, your your own training, but you guys were trying to hit a moving target, correct? Hit a moving target, and and you know, like I just said, the the like here here's an example. There's a guy or in in COVID season. I remember John Lester saying, "I am not going to throw a bullpen until you tell me when I'm going to be there." It's just the way it is because I am 37 and I can't just sit here and throw pens for the next five months and then be good. Like that's just not going to be helpful. I need to conserve as much anyways. So I'm going to take advantage of this, but just know that I'm going to need some time when I get back to get re- fully ready to go for a season. And that's just the way it is. And he was like, he just said that. And I was like, true. So that's, that's a great point. And, and, and I thought that I could handle this a little bit better because COVID was, wasn't that big of a deal, but then again, I'm two years older. So like, of course, of course it's, I need a little bit more time. And it, and it was, it was tough, especially with like, usually I'm, I'm throwing to a minor league catcher, catcher that's that's around us everyone was gone all the minor leaguers were gone and there's there was only a couple big leaguers left in the seattle area and a couple of them and and matt boyd was coming off tj and uh, i think and paxton was up there too and he was hurt so it's like you guys can't do the throwing program i'm doing anyway like we don't have i don't have a lot of options so i have to do the best i can with the local high school team and throw it like but going and throwing 90, just blowing those dudes away. And then I go down to spring training, like, hey, in three weeks, you need to be throwing 97 in big league games. Also, there's huge expectations for this team this year. Like, I went and I threw hard immediately, but my bone wasn't ready for that. And I mm-hmm. could, now that I know, um, it's – I just – I think some of it was unavoidable, 
some of it could have been handled a little bit better on my end and some of it could have been handled a little better on the major league baseball's end but at this at the end of the day like go make the product is just the tagline so it it, it is what it is um but yeah i i think that a full spring training probably i i would have had a better chance to avoid something like got this, it 100 i am guessing um I don't know if you guys are on similar rehab patterns or not. Uh, and nobody wants to be hurt, but Max Scherzer not playing baseball must be driving him nuts and his teammates nuts. Cause I've always heard from guys like he goes crazy on days. He doesn't pitch. I think uh, he's very similar to me. Like when I had Tommy John and I knew I wasn't going to pitch at all that year, but I was with the team all year. It was very it was actually excruciating to be in the dugout all the time and watch and just be helpless. Like I, I was like, if I'm going to be here, I need to, I need to be, I need the, the, the emotional attachment to being part of the game. And it's just not, it's just not there the same way as if you're actually going to have to play that night. And I know that he's similar. Um, I know that he, he um, took a, took a few days off and, and, and saw his family when they were on the road and stuff. So um you know, and I know that a part of that comes to like, ooh, it's a it's an unplanned break, and he takes advantage of those things too. But I know that like, I know that if he were in a club in, in a dugout, like it would drive him insane, knowing that he had a month or two ahead of him. Now I think when we get close, we're going to see Max the same way, like same way as me. Like he's like ramping, and getting, he's like, all right, I'm going to be out there, and I need to be me immediately, the first first pitch I throw. Um, but uh, sometimes you got to like take a step back because it it makes you mad. It just makes you mad that you're like, Oh, why am I hurt? It's so annoying. And me, he, he said something to me, he goes, how's your arm feel? I'm like, feels great. Like I can't feel anything. He's, it's one of those things where the only thing that hurts is throwing. Right. Well, I'm like, yeah, he goes, that is, those are the worst injuries ever where you can just go do whatever you want. And you just can't do the one thing that you're supposed to do. So frustrating. So Hey, everybody, once you're done with the Rose Rotation, I want you guys to go check out the Backyard Golf Challenge. It is presented by Mizzen and Maine on the JM Baseball YouTube channel. It's my guys Moylan and Blevins. They are competing against MLB pros at the Arizona Mansion during spring training. It was a blast. You're also going to see them looking awfully fresh in their Mizzen and Maine golf polos, which are the perfect shirt for all upcoming summer activities. Mizzen and Maine, they combine the soft, comfort and flexibility of your favorite athletic wear with the fit and style of a custom dress shirt they're lightweight they're breathable they're moisture wicking mizzen and mains clothing will have you looking great plus the dress shirts are machine washable so you can skip those trips to the dry cleaner and save a ton of dough think of all the time you're going to save as well because i've been doing a ton of laundry with my wife it's kind of a couple's retreat in there then we look at each other after about two minutes we're like this is a blast. I would love to be able to hang one of my Mizzen and Maine shirts. And she goes, where'd you get that? I'll be like, my boys at Mizzen and Maine. She'll be like, you look hot in that thing. I'll be like, yeah, it's summertime, girl. So go check out the Backyard Golf videos and head to MizzenandMaine.com. Use the code word JOHNBOY. You'll get 15% off. Also, thank you to Mizzen and Maine for sponsoring this awesome series. It was a total blast. Go check it out. It has been a, obviously a very difficult journey for you, not only because of the injury, but for those that have uh, that follow you on social media know that you lost your your uh, cat Donnie. Yeah, how are you and Kate doing? Because that is no joke when we're talking about a furry member of the family. We're uh, we're doing we're doing better now. It was two weeks actually ago, so it's actually wasn't that long ago. Um, 
And uh, just for context, we have two cats and one is 15 and she's going to turn 16 this year. And um, we got Donnie because she was getting pretty sedentary and also, you know, losing pets is very hard and we we're going to lose us. This, this, my, my wife's had this cat since she was in high school. So we knew some point we're going to lose this cat. And if we don't have an animal, like it's just going to be devastating. And so we got Donnie and he was two. He just turned two. Um, and unfortunately he, he took a tumble off the balcony, um, trying to be a cat and jump up on a ban- uh, up, up on a railing. Now he shouldn't have been out there, but for some reason, the windows in this high rise open up a few inches and it was a really hot day one day and we had the window open. Um, and it was just, Honestly, I, I, I had that horrible thought the night before it happened. I was like, we need to close the door window. And he came in. He was like hopping in and out onto the balcony because the window goes right out on the balcony. Oop, right out on the balcony. So um, it's like, he'll, he's going to, older cat won't try. She's terrified of everything. But him, he's just like all, all over the place. So I was like, we need to close that window. He came in. He just stopped going outside. So we thought, didn't think about it for like four or five hours. It had gotten dark and we forgot to close the window. And we woke up, I couldn't find him. And I knew immediately, as soon as I saw the window open, I knew where he, where he was. And I looked off the balcony. It's five stories to a patio, which is just, which that sounds insanely far. Um, but like the cat survival rate from five story falls is like 80% because they're crazy. Um, unfortunately, it's, it's pavement though. It's not grass. So he, uh, and he's not an, he's not an athlete. Um, so he, I looked down and there was a little, little spot and i knew he but he wasn't there anymore which is a good sign it means he moved after so he went and he hid under something and kind of like fell asleep and under a barbecue and then we ran we panicked found him got him to the hospital as fast as possible but he just didn't get his he never like opened his eyes he was awake and like breathing fine and normal everything else is normal kicking his feet licking his lips like trying to eat Sticking his tongue out, doing everything. He just he just never came around mentally. And then uh, he had a heart murmur. So they said that that kind of his heart was working too hard to try to heal him. And he had a heart attack. That's what happened. So, yeah, that was that was really tough. But he's like my he was like my son. I don't have any kids. So he's like my my we called him boy and, and we loved him. But he he's Unfortunately, we're human and we're going to outlive our pets and we love animals. We're going to have so many, like I'm, we're going to, I'm going to outlive 10 cats probably at least. So it's just going to be our, it's just our first time losing a member of our family. And, but, um, we are fortunate. We were going to actually adopt another cat this off season. We're going to get a third one. And, uh, we decided to do it here because spring is cat litter season. There's freaking cats everywhere so we have a we have uh who we wanted to be our third member of a family but our second member of family is going to come in in june so there's a little bit of a we get to give a we get to pour all that love that we had for him into into another another little guy so um with with sadness comes rebirth and uh we're excited to get him more my wife named him this time marmalade marmalade so I, yeah, it's orange and white Scottish fold. So I'm going to, I'm just going to call him butch or something. I'm going to give him just the most, <laughs> come on, marmalade. Really? He's I'm calling him something completely different. It might say that on his birth certificate, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be butch. Okay. 
Well, let's welcome Butch to the May family. Thank you for sharing. I know that uh, hasn't been easy. We get it. We get it. Hang in there. That's all we can do. That's all we can um, do. As far as your team has gone, uh, even with all the injuries to yourself and two pretty good starting pitchers, three with McGill having the start that he had, you guys are just blistering it. And it feels like there's something special going on at City Field this year. No question. The um, the win, the comeback win against the Phillies, where you were down going, I think it was seven to one or something like that going into the ninth. At what point when you were, first of all, that was pre-injury or post-injury? That's post-injury. I was okay. with them on that one, but I, I was watching that one live. Yeah, and at what point were you like, holy shit, we're going to win this game? Um. I think I knew when when they uh, I think they strung three hits together. Um, there was a maybe it was probably it was probably Canna, but uh, someone had a really really tough at bat, and got on base, and then it was like hit hit, and I was like, uh oh, and uh, and they didn't have uh, uh, Kniebel in yet, so like at that point you're like, okay, get some go, let's just get Kniebel into the game. So once we got him in the game, then you could see he wasn't like he wasn't like elite him that night like he, his below wasn't quite what it was and his uh, curveball wasn't quite sharp uh you could tell with the first hitter i'm like we got a chance and then we just spiraled um and it's one of those things like a common momentum we're, we're taking advantage of momentum really well we did it last night we did it the game in uh uh, uh san francisco that was a huge comeback um even though we didn't end up pulling up it's one of those horrible games where you don't want to be a relief pitcher but uh um it just shows the fight the team has. I think that one, I think that a huge indicator, and I, I talked about like how Canna was going to be a huge, I talked about this at the beginning of the year, right? When Canna is going to be a huge part. If he's mm -hmm. getting on base a ton, we're going to win. Well, exhibit A, uh, and then exhibit B, uh, 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 Escobar uh, producing runs. We're seeing that too. Uh, those two guys being huge. But I think the biggest indicator uh, there's two plays, uh, Patrick Mzika hitting a go run, go, go ahead Homer, uh, against, um, uh, Munoz, like 98 up and away, like, and he just turned on it, uh, against the Mariners and then Plummer hitting his first Homer last night in the way he did two guys who don't have a lot of experience and don't have a lot of, uh, uh, um, you know, opportunity to come up big in games. Both came up big that is a that's a culture thing when those guys are stepping up as well coming in and, and doing their job or going above and beyond their job that shows that it, it like the pressure isn't too much and they believe that we're going to win the game and they, so they go up and just do their job and uh so when that stuff happens that's when you have a special team when the guys coming in who don't expect to be heroes uh, are the hero that night and it's kind of just rotating around the clubhouse that's when your team wins 100 games well i think that um Part of the reason that Eduardo Escobar has started to turn it on is because he and Buck had the chance to hang out with Shakira that one day. I mean, that you talk about something what the catching. weirdest three people were <laughs> together. I can't think of anything more random than Shakira, Buck Showalter, and Esky. Dude, look at how happy Buck is. I mean, he he made a point of it in the pregame presser where he was like, "Yeah, I'm pumped." Yeah, uh, who knew? Yeah, but not a lot. Not a lot gets lost on Buck. That's for sure. He's he has a good time, man. He's I, I my favorite thing about Buck is all day because he's got his he's got his like you know nineties 
'90s look going every every game, like the like the tweeners and the stirrups and the like. He he's got that full blown. Um, but it's hilarious when he walks around in the clubhouse. He doesn't have a hat on until the game starts. He is he looks like a trainer. He's got like khakis on and his little windbreaker. And he just walk. And I forget. I'm like, oh hey Buck, I forget you're the manager because you're you look like all the guys in there. When you walk in, you look like everybody else, which is hilarious. Uh, so he's a great, he's a character, man. He really is. Did, did you end up watching that entire 13, 12 loss in San Francisco where he came back and I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch the whole thing because he, I, it was like, I think it was going into the seventh Tyler Rogers has been uh, like a Rogers uh, ever since he's been in the big leagues. It, it, not that it was like, you know, just like, you know, the sometimes you, you don't win. Right. Like, oh, yeah, it's late. Um, and I think I had like rehab, like it was like at nine 30 the next morning or something. It's like, we had an early one for whatever reason. There's a bunch of guys coming in. So I uh, went to bed and I woke up. I was like, what happened? What happened? And I was like, Oh no. And then I went and looked at the boss board and watched all the highlights. I was like, Oh, I've been in the bullpen for one of those games. Really, really little funny story. Jason Shreve had texted me earlier that day and he's going through a little thing. He's like, dude, I think I've thrown five times. I've thrown like two and two thirds innings. And I've given like nine singles and they're all just like dropping he goes and i'm just giving up like a run and they're usually not like game breaking but it's like annoying uh and then he didn't pitch that night and then i i texted back i was like it was one of those where you're like hey guys maybe i'm not the guy that needs to go into this one <laughs> we don't want that luck involved but i was like maybe it would have just flipped on you where everyone else was having the unlucky and you just went punch three out uh but i just thought about it because i had the same thing in 2019 in a, in a game where i was like the whole shark pit, watching guys walk over, over the shark pit, every single guy's falling in and they call down, they ask for you, you're like, nah, someone else can brave that tightrope. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. No matter how good you are, it's even the best guys in the league, Tyler Rogers, uh, uh, one of the best guys in the last couple of years, had, had worst day probably of his career. Um, that's not a good sign. <laughs> Dude, I think he gave up seven runs in a third of an inning. I believe he was the first San Francisco Giants reliever to get tagged for that line. I wonder who the last person to do it without giving up a homer was. Yeah, that's a great call. Because he was getting nickel and dimed. And, and, but they were good. Like they were on purpose, like really good pieces of hitting. But that many really good pieces of hitting in a row as a pitcher, you're like, how? Like, like Lindor's triple and like, like it wasn't in the gap. Like, oh, I made a mistake. It was like chopped by the bag right. hard. And, you know, it was a zoo out. You know, it just a lot of stuff happened. It's weird because I'm a reliever. I'm like, yeah, but also like, I know your brother and I know you and and I know that giving up seven runs in third inning, that's a, that's what we call a season killer as a reliever. Like he could give up no is. runs for next 30 and still have a four. Uh, only the second weirdest thing that has happened to the San Francisco Giants this year, because this past weekend we had Jock Peterson versus Tommy Pham versus fantasy football. The whole slapping incident, the. I don't even know where to go with this one as a guy who's been a major leaguer now for almost a decade. Can you believe that you actually saw and heard this? Now, Jock's like, did I just get slapped? I don't think there's anything worse as a grown man is getting open hands <laughs> slapped by another, because you don't know where that is in the escalations. Like, do I retaliate to this? Was that a joke? What just happened to me? I never thought I would be slapped before. Do I swing now? And then you're like, it's Tommy Pham. Do I want to swing? 
Yeah. Uh, that was probably one of the things. So uh, there's a there's a lot. And then we know a lot about Tommy. Tommy's got like, he, you know, he, he's in MMA. He's, he's has some training and a lot of that stuff, too. So, you know, that that's not as like he wasn't trying to fully escalate either. Just to send a little bit of a message because he could have pole clocked, but he didn't. So you're like, what? All the signals, you just want it to be like, we're fighting or we're not. And then that one, you're like, do we laugh this off or do we get mad about it? I don't know. It's really embarrassing. So, um, and then everyone who, I don't know who else was out there, but they were probably like, uh, do I get in front of it? Like, he doesn't know what to do. So weird. So weird. And then the, and I'm going to be honest, Jock's uh, uh, interview after was unbelievable. It was like, um, it felt like a Saturday night live skit it between, did. between his look. First yeah, of all, he looked like he had un- suspenders on. I think it was a backpack, but he, he, he looked like he was just like in 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 waders, like he was about to go fly fishing. Right. Yeah, look like he this. looks like he's about to go fly fishing or just got done. He's super sweaty and like done. I mean, it looked like he just pulled his pickup truck off the road to go do an interview. His his mustache is unreal. Uh, I, I had a hard time. The gif, though. <laughs> it's really good. It's a stupid meme, but it's it's it's, it wasn't even a, I, it's weird because it wasn't directed at only right. him either. It was like his team. It's that's as that's as textbook trash talk as it gets. Like it's not it's like the one on one. It's silly, stupid, kind of silly. I mean, the fact that Jock had this interview after Friday and then Tommy Pham had his Saturday morning where he's accepting the three game suspension and then Jock Peterson comes back and says, I have receipts, and he's holding up his cell phone to show the meme that he used and everything else. It's, I mean, there's probably, I, he just, Tommy just probably doesn't like him for other reasons in the past. Sure. Like, it, it, that's just not enough. That's just, I mean, no matter how angry you get, well, easily, that's now just, hold on. I know you're not a fantasy football guy. And I don't believe that you're much of a gambler either from what I know. I could be wrong, but I don't no. believe you are. But you've been around it long enough to know yes. how much shit can get out of hand. Yeah. I, Ploofy's a great example. Ploofy doesn't get mad, but Ploofy's always asking asking the leading questions like, why'd you make that trade? Like, Because he gets mad because you did something to help another team. That like, <laughs> And he's always like, Trevor, d- 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 don't do this with like Pelfrey. Be like, hey, you want to do this for this for this? I'm like, I don't know who any of those people are. And I don't really care. I, I don't care at all. Why am I in this league? And then Trevor be like, don't do that. Do I need to? And he was the commissioner. He's like, do, do I need to reverse it? I'm like, do you need to reverse it? I don't know. <laughs> who are these people? <laughs> so Frank Gore still in the league? Years? I don't know. You played for several years with the Twins? I played for one year. And then I said, not only am I not playing, I never want you to mention fantasy football to me ever again. And I hate now I hate it. Now, because September comes around, everyone's like, and baseball season's over. Let's all we're going to talk about. I'm like, no, it's not. Stop talking about it in the bullpen. You have to go pitch. Drives me crazy. I tell all of my good friends, I said, watch a Sunday in September. Look in the dugout and look how few players are in the dugout during the game. And red zones in in the clubhouse. Yep, all the games up on all the all the things. People are like that. That and being an athlete, like people will be like my my buddies, right? We'll be watching a Seahawks game. They'll be like, oh, I have him in fantasy or a, a highlight come up. Like, Why are you dropping that? I need you to leave those points. And then I'll be like on the couch, and be like, hey man, he's doing his best. Like, <laughs> like I can't imagine 
because fantasy baseball is a thing, but it's not what football is. No. Right. Um, our thing now is just like, hey, bro, you lost me 400 bucks. I'm like, no, you lost you 400 bucks. What are you betting on a game I'm in for? Like, read a book. What are you doing? Uh, uh, and so I was like, take their side. I'm like, you know what? I can't imagine what it'd be like to be like, you're really, really shit in the bed for me in fantasy this year. And you're like, wow, I couldn't care any less than I do right now. I, like, I cared a lot, like not very much five minutes ago. Now I really, really, really don't care. Go talk to an NFL player about the number of times fans come up to them and talk to them about either you're killing it for my fantasy team or you're killing my fantasy team. It's probably it really is amazing. The, the connection that people have with it. It's unreal. But it it's weird because two-sided coin, it's really good for the sport, though. Oh, yes, it, it is. People are engaging on a level that they never were 15 years ago. So it's like, it's, it's really, really, the NFL is... Made a lot of money off fantasy for sure. And by the way, if Tommy Pham is slapping somebody over a injury reserve move in a fantasy football league, how much money do you think that thing was worth? A lot. Oof. A lot. Uh, who was in the league? Yeah, I, judging by the guys who were in the league, it was probably ridiculous. And not only that, they had crossover from teams, so it wasn't the team league either. This is this is a big boy. These guys play cards on planes. Yeah, these guys are the card players. You're not a card player, are you? Uh, I I like my dad's a huge poker player, and he could Mm. he could he could train me, and I could just clean up. But like, it's just not plane rides is not one of my mental my mental acuity. Yeah, you like to unwind and watch your shows. Unwind and watch my shows, or just uh, open up the old laptop because the video games I'm playing now don't need internet connection. So I just like did. Did you watch the end of Ozark or no? Oh yeah. What'd you think? That was a cliffhanger. I have no. That was a Sopranos feel. I hope. I hope that's not it. But it could. It, they could end it there. But that. Oh yeah, I think it's over. It could be because Netflix doesn't like to. The, the the fact they gave him a fourth season. That's usually not a Netflix thing. It's usually also, free. It's going to get a spinoff. I think. You think so? Yeah, it's gonna, they're going to break and bat it like they did with Better Call Saul, which I am already watching since I finished Ozark. And Better Call Saul's great too. I really like it. I love Bob Odenkirk. He's just awesome. Um, a lot of shows. Yeah, so. no, I liked it. I thought the, I thought season four got a little twisty and windy for me. It just got bit. too convoluted. There's too many. You can only like have a heavy come in and be kind of like the other heavy. Mm-hmm. There's only so many ways. They, they ran into the same problem in Breaking Bad too. It got really convoluted. They, they're like, there's no more villains. We can't like, we can't make any more villains that seem like it's a level up. It's hard to do. Plus, you have to remember when you have something on a streaming service, there's no commercials. So like in. Yeah. When in an hour long drama on TV is really only 40 minutes yeah. here. It's like another 25 per episode. Unless, unless it's a Star Wars show on, on, on Disney Plus And those are 45 minutes. Have you watched That's 59? And then it's got 14 minutes of credits at the end. You're like, how are there 14 minutes of credits? Have you watched Obi yet? Oh, Obi's great. I'm going to be honest. Production quality and budget. This one's got this one crushed Boba Fett. And I, uh, Hugh McGregor's a he's it's pretty apparent he's the best actor in the show. He's a great actor. I really like him a lot. And I'm glad that he's in and he he decided to come back. My um <clears throat> my 16 year old on Friday ran home and locked himself in to watch Stranger Things. He finished I watched it five night. episodes of that yesterday. And just good. yay. Really yeah, good. it's just I mean, again, like I said, they're in their fourth season, so like the baddie, you're like, 
okay like yeah a different version of the but but like the whole relationships and them growing up and i love it how distinct a period of time is so they're like and we're in high school and now it's 1993 and everyone's in the 90s and we're all on the same page when it comes to fashion and music so it's only 90 early 90s music it's only early 90s there was no transition from like 89 to 93 mm -hmm. they just all changed now they all their hair is different it's just hilarious. They really play up that nostalgia, but they really do it in like '90s horror st style. Like that's how those guys got. It. I uh, is it a couple of brothers? I think made the show. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 got that formula down. Uh, it's it was still entertaining. Thirty million per episode to make. That's what I read. In season yeah, four. I just can't wait for Lord of the Rings, man. That's your next thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else we got to get to before we uh, we let you go back to your bone stimulator? No, nah, I, I let's go Mets, man. We're crushing. You are crushing Fun. it. It's a special team. I'm having a good time. Let's uh, let's spin the wheel. I don't remember what we got you on last time, but if it's a duplicate, we'll. Uh, I don't know. Did we get you on visitor section? Ask no. you which clubhouse? No. Which clubhouse visiting clubhouse is the best one and why? Ooh, best visiting clubhouse. So this always gets changed based on the division I'm in, obviously. When I was in Minnesota, it was probably, um, you'll like this. I'll give Cleveland. Mm. Old Willie over in Cleveland. Shout out to Willie in the, in, the, in the Visitor Clubhouse. Anyone, any other player who's been in the big leagues and had any sort of interaction with Willie knows that he's one of the best in the business. Um, and, but the biggest thing is they have a towel warmer. Oh, yes. Towel warmer is because it's freezing there from until June and then after June. <laughs> yeah, so, I've heard about the towel warmer. And they're the only one with it. And get and they're like they're like beach towels. So like you get in, you're like, oh, like we just played a degree, uh, 46 degree, you know, drizzly game. Um, let's let's throw the old towel warmer on. So that that one's that one's great. And, and Willie, like he asks you. Like he tries to have something special that a team really likes, like for food or snacks, or whatever. Like he tries to know, like he he takes makes an effort to know, like the little things that people like, and tries Big to deal. do little things like that. Not for everybody, but like he, it's really easy to tip well there. And the, all the guys are, all the assistants and stuff are, are 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 good dudes, and it's it's just they do a really good job. Um, but here, I would say Atlanta. Atlanta has a well, it's a new that helps. Mm -hmm. It's a really nice clubhouse, but the food. The chefs are the chefs down. Shout out to the Atlanta chefs, those guys. And not only that, they're you walk by and they're like, hey, can I get you anything? Do you want anything specific? I can make you something special. Like I they love doing that stuff. And that's you can just tell. Um, so it's always it always comes out like, is it is there good food and is it clean? And it's always clean and there's always good food. I just wish they had a nap room. I was sleeping on the concourse there a couple times. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Um everybody, I think every baseball fan should get like one road trip where they could be a major leaguer like they think, should they should sell that as a charity item that 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 would be that would be really interesting i was actually just uh i i recently um i, I have an app called masterclass i don't know if you have have you ever tried masterclass Do you know what that is Maybe. it's like a it's like a subscription but like all the like the top people in the world at the at what they do like do a lecture like a lecture series explaining their things, what they do. Like uh, um, um, Martin Scorsese did one uh, mm. about filmmaking. Yes, yeah, 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 Bob yeah, yeah, Howard yeah. did one about yep, filmmaking. Yep. 
David Chang did one about chef. Well, right now, Judd Apatow is on there about comedy and telling stories. And I'm interested, like, I, I, I'm interested in comedy. Um, like, I've been following, I've been doing a little research on Pat McAfee because <laughs> I, I see a lot of myself in, mm-hmm. in, in his path. Um, and he, he did the stand-up comedy thing and he's a funny guy and he's very self-deprecating and he was a punter and like, it just makes sense. Like we make fun of ourselves. We're not, we're not stars. It's, right. it's fine. Um, but we're good. We're just not the star. Uh, and so I'm like, oh, how, could I do, could I do this? So I'm listening to this thing. So he's talking about telling stories and like how to write a screenplay, like draw off your own experience. So I was thinking, I was like, what in my own experience could I draw on that could be a, like a Judd Apatow type, like kind of dramedy where there's mm-hmm. lessons being learned but it's funny and awkward and i was like what if there was a freaky friday situation where we're that guy who says if i only i hadn't gotten hurt he wakes up one day and he didn't get hurt and he got drafted and now he has to figure out how to be a professional player or if like a guy like a guy who was a star like say jake to but he's like 39 and he's like on the end and he's kind of hanging around and he's and he's and he's in the minors rehabbing. Meets a guy at a minor league game. And goes ah, if I didn't get hurt. And he's that guy. He's the high school quarterback guy. He's that guy. Prototypical. They meet at the bar mm-hmm. or something. The guy's like, yeah, bro, whatever. And then they wake up morning. They've switched. And Jake, who has to get used to being a normal person, like it's coming. Like he's about to be done. Now he's getting having to learn to do that. And the other guy has to learn how to be, be a big league professional and just on the fly. And I think that would be. A hilarious premise for a movie sidebar on that though the story he told as an example of telling a story is throwing the first pitch at a Mets game and I, Jacob deGrom is the pitcher and it is hilarious so he plays the audio of the joke and I'm sitting I'm listening to this just like I'm I'm doing my recovery at the end of my rehab Jake is getting worked on across I'm listening and the guy's telling a story but Jake deGrom looking at him like get off the field because <laughs> they throw him like literally right before the game here because it's like this is probably this here and probably uh the yankees are probably the most special like first pitch like totally they do that on purpose they want you to be in front of the fans they want that but judd was talking about he's like he's like i get applause at my at my shows he goes this is the first time i was in something where i'm going to find out what the real world thinks of me he goes how much how much they clap and you know how much they clap very little he goes no one knew who i was uh you might as well said the mayor of new york's here it felt that's what it felt like uh, but it was hilarious. Anyway, that's a great, it's a great app, great show. But like that whole thing, I was just thinking, you just made me think of it. How funny would it be if that movie existed? Maybe I'll make it. I don't know. I, maybe I want to direct. Maybe I want to act. I don't know. I just want to make people laugh. I, I think that's, I think that's, or I want to entertain people, obviously. That's all I do. Well, you will be entertaining them hopefully in the near future. Yeah. City field. But um, I appreciate you making a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, best Kate and uh, hopefully the next time we chat um, Marmalade slash Butch will be a part of the May family yeah, I don't know about Butch now that I heard you say it but yeah I'll, okay. we'll, well see. whatever we want to call him it's yeah. up to you we'll, see, right. we'll see where the wind how the, where the wind takes me shout out to our man Robbie Shiraka who puts the show together thanks very much to Trevor May of the New York Mets as always I am Chris Rose we will see you next time here on the Chris Rose Rotation a production of John Boy Media.